having said that, it's pretty funny because he's like, you've got to slow down, girl. But then he's like, I'll tame that little red Corvette. So it's like he does her anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't you just record as much as you could? It's just like a story chest of ideas. Either version, I love both versions. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Peach and Black podcast. We are here once again, ready to blow some heads off with our next album <laughs> review. It is the album 1999, and here joining me, as always on the Peach and Black panel, the Peach and Black team, player. I sincerely want to... Oh, I can't say that one, can I? <laughs> Probably not. Captain. Can you relate? <laughs> and Toe Jam. You must be a limousine. <laughs> I thought, Captain, you'd say this is your captain speaking. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you got, you got to redo that one. Told you, I thought you were going to say yeah. people, t- people tell me I got great legs or something like that. <laughs> Let's get straight into this. We are pumped. We are excited. We're as vibrant and energetic as the cover of this record. It's going to be a good one. 1999, Prince's fifth full-length studio release. It was actually released in October 1982, and about a year after his last album was released, which is pretty much the state of play in the Prince world. He was releasing about an album a year, sometimes even quicker than that. And this was a double album, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. It It, was double vinyl. Yeah. That's right. Oh, God, I love talking about vinyl. So, really, what we're going to be doing... (laughs) Is reviewing the vinyl version of this. No. Um, and this is a breakthrough period in his career and really a breakthrough album. Everything that was happening before this was leading up to this really massive moment in time. I mean, yes, Purple Rain created the superstar, but I think this created Prince as a popular artist. What, what does everyone think around, about this era, you know, the, the, the 1982, 1983 era? Just on your point about Purple Rain making him a superstar, like, I get the impression, like, it doesn't matter what he put out in 1984, it was going to explode because of the momentum from this album. Hmm. And thankfully, as, as amazing as Purple Rain was, he could have put out his poker album that year and it would have exploded, just because 1999, <laughs> there was, it was such, such a good album that led into the next thing. Yeah, and this was, up until that point, this was obviously his, his biggest selling album as well, wasn't it? I mean, without yeah, and that, I mean, we have to talk about MTV as well. Like, yeah, this is the album that MTV really started playing, and uh, that was, I think this was the same year it came out or something. And it, wasn't it like Prince Michael Jackson were like the first artists played on MTV or something? Something like that. Yeah. I seem to remember that. So, the, the, the visual element, it wasn't just about the music, was it? I mean, Prince had started out with some fairly risque videos, um, Dirty Mind in particular, um, and, and controversy and there were some images that were really really vivid at the time you know from dr fink and this you know the, his surgery surgeon's gown and mask uh to um what was uh des dickerson what was he what do you what would you call that he was like wearing a karate kid, karate um, kid. <laughs> <laughs> bandana 
and uh, you know Prince was wearing purple trench coats around this time and it was very um it wasn't just about the music it was about the vibe the mood and just attitude wasn't it I mean controversy was all attitude but this kind of took it up a notch I don't know what you guys all think but for me this is where the Prince character is invented and you know pushed straight down people's throats i was gonna say but he really put that out into the atmosphere oh, you didn't say something like that and then you look at the cover of this album and you look at that number one you, it's not a good thing to be thinking about hmm. <laughs> good point uh, no i agree with the mc in that i hear every album before this as leading towards this and then every album after this is like playing off this theme this album is like this is prince and then you know, Purple Rain is like, oh, this is rock prints. And then Around the World Today is experimental prints. And, you know, but this is like his core bread and butter. That's, that's the way yeah, I've always seen sound. it. Yeah. Yeah, the sound. Um, it's like, this is this is prints. And then everything else is like, this is Prince doing X. Yeah. It's like um, a couple of songs on 2010, as an example. They either mimic or, or sound like that 1999 sound. And I think... The amount of times that people have made that reference, oh, that sounds like something from the 99 era, or that's like, that, that song reminds me of something on 1999. I think countless, countless occasions, people go back to this album because it's where, like I said, the character was invented, and, but stylistically as well. The Minneapolis sound, well, you know, was it as clear with those early albums? Well, even those older albums, it's like, those first two, it's like, it's Prince being this, that sort of Stevie Wonder sort of thing and then dirty mind and controversy it's oh it's prince being controversial and and a bit of rockabilly and all this sort of stuff but again it's like for me this is this album is this is this is prince that's that's what it is all right so the, the other thing i'll just say before going to the songs is this album was also released on cd i think now i don't have my facts checked on this but it might have been the first cd release i could be wrong yes but the first, you know, actual album re- released on CD at the time of its release, if that makes sense. Because I, I remember there was a thing where the CD left off a song, didn't it? Yes, it did, yeah. Because they couldn't fit it. So the vinyl had all 11 tracks. The CD only had 10. And I think DMSR was left off. That's right. Oh. Out, of, out of all the tracks you could cut from the... Why that one? <laughs> I think but I've also, actually got that version. Actually I actually bought it and I thought... Uh, and it wasn't until I got home and I played it, I'm thinking, hang on, I've got the reptile version. <laughs> and I think in the UK, which I'm guessing Australia got the same thing, they didn't get the double album straight away. They got a single album minus a couple of songs. Oh, okay. And it wasn't until like a year or two later that they, the double album was released. It seems crazy now, doesn't it? But the technology yeah. at the time was, um, you know, cities were, yeah, 74 minutes or something. And, you know, now, now they're 80 minutes. Anyway, I digress. Let's go into these songs, the the stunning music contained in this album. And let's start with the title track. Track number one, 1999. Uh, Toe Jam, why don't you lead off this review? I would love to. (laughs) And I think I've mentioned this before. This is my favorite song of all time. Wow. Um, yeah, this is strange but true. But, yeah, well, I mean, that, <laughs> that's, that, that's close. That that's probably tied with it. But I mean, if I really thought about it, I think I think this one would take the cake. This is the song that got me into Prince. It got me into that funk thing. I remember listening to this and having that moment of, hey, those guitars sound really funky. And that synth with it just 
blows it away. And I remember spending ages trying to work it out exactly what was going on, like the exact voicing of the synth chords, the exact voicing of the guitar. Mm. And it's like, man, that's like, it sounds so simple, but it, that's like interesting stuff, what's going on there. He's playing like minor thirds, but then he's got like a sus chord in the keys, and it's just, I don't know how it works, but it just, it just it has this brilliance to it, it has, a, has a shine to it. That For me, that, that synth line, that dun-dun-dun, with the guitar on top of it, it's just, oh man, that's just... That's musical cream to me. I just love it. To me, it's like a gold light, you know, and I hear that and it's like I get this image of this gold light. Yeah, just amazing. Toe Jam, would you say it reminds you of some of the sounds in the song uh, Rock and Roll Love Affair? (laughs) I was just thinking, it's like... (laughs) Yeah, you use the the same sort of thing. Yeah. What's that Phil Collins song? Is it Susudio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like I don't mind that. Like that's yeah. cool as well. But Phil Collins openly admits that he was inspired by this song, so that's okay. Anyway, so it's also got this cool toms. It's obviously on the Lindrum. The toms just going throughout the whole song, which is just cool. The Lindrum all the way through is amazing. You've got that big clap, reverb clap on beat four of every second or third bar. It's just really rhythmic and uh, just everything locks in really, really well together. Uh, you've got the big don't worry. Very weird way to start an album, especially the first time you hear it. You remember thinking, what the hell is this? And the song is about partying, you know, until the world blows up, basically. 2000 party over, oops, out of time. And then, boom, you hear this, like, big nuclear explosion. Just cool stuff. There's something different happening pretty much the whole way through the song. And this, is, this goes for the whole album. Every 20 seconds, you'll hear something either in the left speaker or the right speaker or in front or behind or there's something interesting going on. You've got the big shared lead vocal where you've got a male singing, then you've got a female singing, then you've got Prince coming in, adding the third one on, reminiscent of Sly and the Family Stone, which I'm sure everyone's aware of. And I just like the way the song sort of builds throughout. And then I love the album version how I think it's at 410, he just goes, just has a big whoa moment. And then the synth note just holds and it's, it's party time. You know, it goes into the party section and that, sustained note just holds all the way through i like that stuff and you get the hand claps coming in the party chants the tambourines um and it all starts to become a bit more open and and acoustic um that's cool stuff yeah i just love the playfulness of the whole thing and um i can put this on any time of day uh in any mood um and it'll always bring a smile to my face it's my favorite song and it's awesome (laughs) Great review. And just quickly, when you said it is my favorite song of all time, are you referring to favorite Prince song of all time, or are you just saying this is your favorite piece of music? I think if I had to pick a song of any artist, this is my favorite song. I think I'd probably end up choosing this. Gee, I think so. I mean, on any given day, that could change. But I mean, like consistently over the last what, like fifteen, twenty years since I've heard this, it's like that's pretty much been the one. Hmm. With that, let's take it to Captain. Toe Jam just read pretty much all, all of my things. Well, that's impossible. So. You're not sitting in the same room, so... Yeah, we are. What are you talking about? I mean, Rick, you're not sitting in the same recording booth. Okay, I'll just read it anyway, even though he already said most of it. It's very hard to review this song without considering its huge contribution to pop culture and just how big a point it was in his career. But I'm going to try anyway. I listened to this and I tried to imagine all of that stuff didn't exist and I just was listening to some song for the first time. So you start off with this spoken intro, which I'm sure player will say something about that. And then the Lin drum starts up and then you've got 
sounds like some random traffic noise. There's lots of weird little sounds all over this album, and they, they start right at the start of this. And then the big synths start up, and you just get this feeling that you know, something, something big is coming, like one of Prince's favorite sayings. The symbols are working over time, and then we go into probably one of the funkiest grooves he ever created. The arrangements are just superb, the way it all fits together with the lin drum and the synths and the bass. And you got the Waki Wah guitar over in the left speaker, rhythm guitar. Toe Jam said, you know, we all know the story of the the verses were going to be originally all sung together, like is in the fourth line of each verse, but then Prince decided to separate them just like Sly and Family Stone did, which I think is better. Sounds better that way. Sounds more original, even though it's not original because Sly did it. <laughs> oh, there's some good stuff. This lyric, I've got a line in my pocket and baby he's ready to roar. That is a, that, that's, that is Prince the great witty lyric writer right hmm. there. Whatever happened to that guy? Ah, oh, he's, he's been gone a long time. <laughs> uh, 142 and 151, you've got this great little synth line. Uh, too fast. Playing too fast. Oh, Sue me if I go too fast. <laughs> I like the bit at 239 with the Lin hand claps and then the, the fast claps and then he says, ow. This is good. It's good. It's classic. But if you listen to that bit, there's also there's actually a little sustained little guitar note only on the left speaker that just sort of fades in and out, which I never noticed before today. It's just funky stuff right there. And this track is just cool because most of the track, you've got the rhythm guitar in the right channel, you've got this wah wah guitar just doing whatever in the left. It's different stuff. Like like Toad Gem said, every 10, 20 seconds it's doing something different. Uh, I like the bit where he just whispers, we're running out of time at about 3.12. And again, Toe Jam said, it uh, starts about 4.08 or so. It starts, and you get that one sustained organ note, which runs pretty much the whole rest of the track. And he did that on a bunch of songs in the early years, and it does the job. That's good stuff. Uh, and if I remember correctly, I know I slammed a few of the time tracks for having too many chants, but what's the chant on this song? It's just starts at 4.30. It's just one word. Party. Couldn't be any better. It's just one word. That whole last section is just like a little hint to the live show. You, know, you just mm. imagine. Like, you might be hear that. You, I imagine that, you know, the, the print shows I've been to and everyone just screaming out party and Prince singing, the, responding to it. There's this, a bunch of songs on, a couple on Controversy, but definitely a few on this album and a few on Purple Rain that were absolutely written with live performance in his mind. It's yeah. like, you know, what can we do that's just going to make people lose it? And what's something they can all scream out, whether they can sing or they're absolutely hopeless at singing, they can all scream out party and everyone feels happy. What's the chance that the chants were uh, made for, um, <laughs> for, for a live show, specifically, I wonder? Yeah, I oh, reckon they were. I've often, I've often wondered about that, because this isn't the only song he does it in, right? No, no. Um, yeah, no, I reckon they were. I reckon that's, that's about that. preconceived, yeah. It's it's a U two syndrome. It's like let's make this massive <laughs> arena rock <laughs> chorus. Anyway, uh, I love these cool little bass bits in that end part. Uh, there's these cool little bass bits. There's one at five eleven, five eighteen, five thirty. Plus, there's this little descending bit just before we get to the breakdown at five thirty eight, and he finally drops that long synth note. It's a minute and a half he holds that note. It's ninety seconds he holds that one note, and it's just good stuff. And I've mentioned this, I think, in our top 20 show, possibly. But I always thought at the end he was saying, why doesn't everybody have a bum? Because the way Americans pronounce some vowels is different to here in Australia. And I always thought how hilarious it was that he was saying something that stupid. 
at the What's end that, of the... how they pronounce some bowels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> some bowels. I always thought, why does everybody have a bum? I just thought it was classic. It's like, how stupid is that? What a way to end a song. It's basic biology to me. Oh, it's great. But actually, I, I remember, I, I'm sure I said this in that top 20 review as well. That is just the coolest way to end a, a song, where it's like, it's a big song about the apocalypse, and then it just breaks down, and you've got this little girl saying, what? why does everyone have a bomb? It's like, just a so, weird way to end a song, eh? Hmm. And then she gets blown yes. up in the nuclear holocaust. <laughs> 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 Oh, I love that halfway uh, through the song where, where the, that explosion sound goes off, and you just hear Prince go, "Oh, like, oh, oh dear." <laughs> <laughs> this is a classic song. Yeah, why does everybody have a bum? <laughs> Player, you want to answer that? <laughs> uh, no, this is one of the first songs that got me into Prince. 1999 was big hit here in Australia, and like Toe Jam, I have a bit of a soft spot for this song merely because. The overall sound of 1999 is leaps and bounds ahead of anything else that was out at that time. It's a very energetic song. Uh, the deep voice intro is great. The Lin beat underlying the two and four is what gives the song its groove and makes it swing. Uh, the three-part harmony vocal breakup works well. And I've got here, it's an original idea, but it's not really. <laughs> it sounds original, though. Yeah, it does sound original. If you've never heard this slice of Don't Do It, it's perfectly original. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Lyrically, the party like it's the end of the world message fits in really well into the the message and the music. I've read that it's based on some TV show that Prince is watching on Nostradamus or something. You know, everyone before the year 1999 thought that that was the end of the world. And here we are in 2014. (laughs) It's Prince's defining moment at this point of his career with the perfect pop-funk-rock mix. And you guys have said previously about Interplay. I mean, look no further than this song. I read an interview with Michael B. once who spoke about 1999, and he basically said that the beat isn't exactly on time, but it was like a groove based on feel. Which brings me to 1999, The New Master, which to me, all the modern day studio technologies, you know, stripped away that feels and sounds a bit too overproduced. And you Sucked the that. life out of it. Yeah, and you lose that from the original in the New Master version. But for this original version, it's a classic that's impossible to fault. All right, all right. Uh, you guys are doing this song a little justice. It's It's difficult to add too much to it. I mean, the one thing that I get out of it is every time it comes on, Anywhere, you know, in the, in the music video, somewhere online, or um, just from listening to the album. It's so dense. It's so layered. We use that word layered often on this show, and textured and all that kind of stuff. But it really, really is. Mainly because of the way that he just works the synths on this. I mean, I know there's a lot of other instrumentation on there, but the synths are so heavy. And I remember when he did this song live on the 2012 tour in Australia. Gosh, that was good. That was big. Motion, you see, boom. Yeah, yeah, it was really a gripping sound, especially live. And then, you know, it's a song about the apocalypse and partying, but the party theme, I think, overtakes it. If you asked 100 people, 100 listeners of this track, what is it about? Undoubtedly, about 95% of them probably would say, this is a song about partying and having a good time and New Year's Eve 1999 or something like that. But on top of the lyrics and the thematic content and the synthesized keyboards, those thick chords, he's got that really funky, continuous rhythm guitar in the right channel. And then he's got 
some more rhythmic guitar in the left channel. And they're actually, when you listen to this on headphones, I don't know if too many listeners have noticed this, but he's got two different rhythm parts playing simultaneously throughout parts of this track. So in the left channel of your earphone or of your stereo system, he's playing one rhythm guitar bit on, on the other side. He's mixed in another guitar bit and it really adds to the thickness and the density of this track. It's so visceral to listen to. And he's playing, in the, the one in the left channel, he's playing it through some sort of pedal. I, I don't know what he's using. Um, it's rumored that he was using a Vox guitar by Jesse Johnson at the time. Um, it just sounds really wobbly to me, similar to the guitar sound on a song like Computer Blue, for example, but mixed in a very different way. I, I just really love listening to it. Then his vocal performance, like there's all these voices that he's doing, you know, the explosions. As Toe Jam said, you know, you hear a little, a little whimper from Prince here and there, got the chance, but there's virtually no bass. I mean, I know there's synth bass in this song. There's a bit of bass in there, but it's really not bass heavy to me. I don't know what you guys think, but I don't see this as a bass heavy track. No, the bass just stays on the one the whole time. So. Mm. In, in a way, it reminds me of um, the song, the bass part is similar to Are You Gonna Go My Way by Lenny Kravitz to me. I, I'm not saying that it sounds similar, but the idea, exactly what you just said, Toe Jam, it's on the one, which means it's just there for that percussive element. It's mm. just there to keep you grooving, like your head's bobbing on the one. Boom, boom, boom. It's, it's like a four to the floor dance track, really, <laughs> you think about it, or a house track. So, yeah, there's all that happening, um, the hand claps percussion you guys have talked about, and that really dry snare sound. When Prince puts the dry snare with the really heavy synth, he just creates the Minneapolis sound right there, you yeah. know? And, and then, you and then with that- the big boomy reverby one on beat four or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty nuts. Uh, when you think of it that way, the real basic elements of the Minneapolis sound are ingenious because they're very, very simple. But the genius is in the way he puts sounds together. And I know we've said this on the show so often, but it's unique and it's a craft. This isn't a guy like, you know, no disrespect to dance music and house music producers of, of the current era or, you know, electronic music producers. But a lot of people really don't put sounds together that well because they're usually focused on. And I know I'm making a really massive generalization here, but a lot of dance music that I've heard in my life has been focused on the beat. Prince uses the beat and then he adds all this other stuff on top of it. From the music to the lyrics to the the image of the song in a video clip to the way he presents it in a live context. So, yeah, I'd say this is probably one of his greatest ever songs um, and for good reason. Well, before we move on, the video of this, we've got to talk about the video. The look of that video is just really cool. The purple lights and he's got his sparkly suit on and you've got the girls playing synths together. That's kind of sexy. And you've got Bobby Z playing his drums and, and, you know, Des and Brown Mark on the other side and, and Dr. Fink with his trademark Fink thing. Like the video to me is just like perfect video for presenting the revolution or that, that incarnation of the revolution. You see, you hear the song and it's hard not to think of that video. They're like intertwined. Yeah, it's iconic, isn't it? Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. We are serious fans of Prince's music. So we're serious Prince fans, but the general public would know visually, they would know the 1999 video maybe Kiss and Cream and When Doves Cry, maybe, right? But so this is one of the key videos that he put out. Yeah, and it's really a, a, like a band performance. There's nothing more to it, but something about it is really kind of timeless. Well, timeless. <laughs> Let's not get down that path. But. but like, you know, I was probably like 15 or 16 when I first started listening to this. And like, again, I'm just going back to that, you know, the girls on the keyboard in the sexy gear playing the synths, just like, man, that's just like 15, 16 year old. That's just stuff. <laughs> Things of beauty, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially Jill Jones. Uh oh. 
Just, there we go. There we go. <laughs> this show's about to unravel at the, at the <laughs> seams. Fishnet stockings, anyone? Uh, track number two, Little Red Corvette. I'm a sucker for this track, but I'm not going to review it first up. Um, let's give it over to the player in the in the room. Uh, Little Red Corvette, what are your thoughts? Yeah, this is another cool classic. The synth pad arrangement chords I really like, some nice phrasing. You can hear them better on that Rosario Dawson spoken word interlude on the 1999 remaster. It's nice and sublime. But why would you want to listen to that with your next line? <laughs> For Dougie Fresh, of course. The musical and vocal build-up from the start to the chorus is great. You know how he starts almost from a a whisper almost, and by the time the chorus rolls around, it really brightens up. This song lyrically is all about the metaphors relating to the girl in the car and works really well, and songs like this display a whole new level of sophistication in Prince's songwriting up until this point. It's cool, it's laid back. Dez's three-part guitar solo cut into one solo has been recognised as one of the greatest of all time. Again, a song like this solidified my Prince fandom. I don't have a bad word to say about it, nor do I have a bad word to say about Prince's recent remake, the, the Slow Down version on the 2012 tour. Fantastic song, just another time, uh, another all-time classic. Captain. This is another one that is, it's, again, it's kind of hard to review because it's such a well-known classic song. It is the classic, you know, four-chord pop song. You've got those three ascending notes in the chorus. It's just a master move. Uh, whoa, there's so many things to say. You've got the Lindrum all over the place. This track, this whole album, it's just Lindrum. It's a, it's a lovely little machine. You've got the, the atmospheric synths. Uh, and I've got to say, this is not one of my personal favourite Prince tracks, but I do have to say, I probably think it's one of his absolute perfectly crafted pop songs just everything sits in the right place and it's just a you know i don't want to say classic again so i won't here's the thing when we sat down with prince in in 2010 and we talked to him for about all the stuff there was one or maybe two times in that conversation i was sitting there and i looked at him and and most of the time i was pretty cool but there were a couple of times i just sat there and i'm like this is the guy that wrote little red corvette (laughs) <laughs> and I don't, I don't recall thinking that about any other track, but that this song came to mind when we were sitting right there. And I don't know if I even said that before to anyone. I had a very similar experience to you because I was sitting right next to you, and I was thinking to myself, "This is the man that recorded Purple and Gold." No, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, throw some water on his face or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> do, you, do you want a drink, MC? But this yeah, only if you let me throw it at you. <laughs> Oh, but this is the song that I thought of, you know, sitting there. I think it's just genius in just about every way. And what about the screams on the fade out? The very last second of this track, you hear this, like, pretty high-pitched scream, and then an even higher one, and then it's gone off into the next track. We need that in the full volume. We need the full version. No fade. That's what I need to hear. Um, if I had to say anything bad about this track, there, there's two things. One, you don't. You don't have to. There is a, oh, but I will. 
there's a bad edit in this track. And I thought it might just be on like a version that I had, but then I listened to other CDs and a vinyl. It's on all of them at 2.32, just uh, around about there. Just go and listen to it. It's right in the middle of a chorus. It's amazing to me that he let that slip through, you know, quality control on such an almost perfect pop song. You'd think it's, you know, it's absolutely painstakingly put together to be the best it could be, but somehow this little, it's only like a tiny little thing, but it, it annoys me when I hear it. It slipped through there somehow. And the other thing, which I don't think anyone's mentioned yet, there is a little bit of distortion on this track, which mm. again, slightly annoying. A remaster would just fix that right up, wouldn't it, Prince? <laughs> I don't know if it would though. I, I think it's recorded there, so I think it's, I think it's yeah. there to stay. Um, it's funny though because I was listening to this and I was thinking the same thing oh those vocals are a bit distorted and you know something like the breakdown comes out and we're like oh the breakdown the vocals are distorted it's terrible we can't count this <laughs> it's like well Little Red Corvette's like distorted just as much so oh, I don't know if it's as much yeah maybe not as much <laughs> but uh, this is a great song and this Little Red Corvette and 1999 recorded on the same day you know that was a that was a genius day his brain was he was working that day hmm it's like uh, someone someone in the band says, uh, you want to shoot some hoops today, Prince? And he's like, no, nah, I've got a couple of ideas. I'm thinking of laying down some tracks. And, and then he comes out with like these two opening numbers. Insane. Yeah. But yeah, King that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm a massive fan of this song. This is probably the best pop song on this album. In fact, no, nah, it is the best pop song on this album, and in my opinion. And... The thing that I love the most about this, this might sound strange to, to many of you, but the first kind of 10 seconds, so the first couple of bars, are just so cool. Like, those scenes yeah. are so cool. I remember listening to a, um, I don't know why this popped into my head at the moment, but there's a song by Bone Thugs and Harmony out of all bands called Change the World on their BTHN yeah. Resurrection sound. And they actually use, I don't know if it's credited, so... Paisley Park Police might want to <laughs> check that out. Actually, no, I didn't say that because I don't want Bone Thugs after me. But <laughs> look, the opening scene. They must be in their fifties now. You're probably safe. Well, you know, you're, you're never safe. They're going to meet me at the crossroads. <laughs> so, where am I going with this? The, the synths. I just the synths make this track. I've had this idea, and I have never actually done this, but I'm, I'm really tempted to to just loop the first ten seconds of this song. It just constantly, 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 over and over and over again to listen to those synth. What is it? I think it's three chords? Three or four. Yeah, yeah so simple. They're very, uh, how would I describe them? They're very emotive chords. They, they give they you... They breathe, don't they? Like, you can literally breathe along with them. I get a feeling when I listen to that. It's quite actually quite somber. I mean, the song becomes something else once it really gets into it. There's that pop sheen and the really bright chords come into it. And it's a, a really kind of glossy pop song by the end of it. But those opening chords, I know I'm spending a lot of time on this <laughs> part of my review, but they kill me every time. So simple, but yet so effective. The, the music that I love the most, not only by Prince, but any other artist, is music that makes you feel. It can make you feel good because it's a good party song. It can make you feel great because it, it's just really, really emotionally dense. And um, I can't say enough. You know, this song is, what, five and a half minutes or, or six minutes long? Those opening synth chords, they are there throughout the entire track. And they really underpin, I think, everything that comes out on top of this. In fact, the slowed down version that he's been playing since about 2008, he plays those chords or variation of that on guitar. 
So he opens those up on guitar and synth. It's a guitar and synth combination. Of course, without going into another Montreux rant, my favorite version of this song, without any doubt, is um, the Montreux 2009 live rendition. I think it's possibly one of the best live performances I've ever seen just because I love this song. I love what he's done to it. The ability to take something and really rejuvenate it is uh, something to, to, to see in here. Anyway, what else can I say about this? The vocals are distorted, yes, but only really on the bridge and the chorus, I find. So there's not that much distortion in the verses, which is strange to me. Well, he's singing quieter in the in the verses. Well, he's sitting, yeah, well, yeah. He's really, in the, the chorus, he's belting it out. It's a lot louder. Yeah, that's probably it, isn't it? In the but, verses, just, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> in the chorus, he's just screaming his head off. It sounds a little bit different in the song, but I, yeah, you're nah, it's right. It's just like it. <laughs> Perfect imitation. But look, at the end of the day, this is a masterful pop song. It's got a great tempo, a great groove, another great synth line. He just, he was full of great synth lines in this period. Another example of, of that dense Minneapolis sound, simple bass plucks all throughout. The extended version has some really cool bass parts and some cool ghost note bass work by Prince. Um, great solo by Dez, but there's some later guitar work in this track by Prince that I think deserves more acclaim as well. Uh, listen close uh, on your headphones uh, next time around. I'll finish my review of this song by saying this. Prince's arranging skills have seldom been better than, than on this track. I mean, if you want a, a lesson in how to arrange a pop song... Listen to this, repeat. <laughs> that, that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> Play it 27 times. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You know, this is a classic new wave, rock, funk, dance, electro, early house, pop hit. That's, that's what it is. And every time you put it on, the same thing. It's like McDonald's. <laughs> you get that same <laughs> effect every single time. I might have said that. Um, in a previous review and I'll try not to keep plugging Maccas <laughs> on the Peach and Black podcast we don't get any kickback from this folks uh, Toe yeah, Jam it's, it's not like it's Mountain Dew or anything <laughs> no, that's right. Toe Jam finish up our review of Little Red Corvette well I agree with what everyone said I think I, I also have written down those floating chords at the beginning it, it breathes and it's, it's like the waves coming in and out just really atmospheric and you've got that open hi-hat and this sort of sound sort of running it out just Again, atmosphere, atmosphere. The chords are mainly going chord four, chord five, and then to a minor six chord. But then in the chorus, it's four, five, and then it goes down to a big major one chord, which is just like a big release. Just opens everything up. As well as that, you've got the doubled synths playing them louder and everything. No one's talked about the lyrics, but this is one of his most interesting lyrics, I think. You know, it's basically about a woman who's, uh, you know, driving her little red Corvette a little too fast, as he says. And um, I love the way in the early parts of the song how he talks about how he basically went over and saw the pictures of the jockeys who were there before him and, and he wondered if he'd have an, had enough class. But then it's like that's what he thought then, but it's like now it's a future thing where he, he's seeing behind it all and he knows like <laughs> it's like he, uh, he's seen through, he sees through the, you know, the, the, the fakery of it all. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's just great lyrics. But having said that, it's pretty funny because he's like, you've got to slow down, girl. But then he's like, I'll tame that little red Corvette. So it's like he does her anyway. So. <laughs> nice work. Um. Job well done. But it's a, it's a, it's a song about a, a sexual encounter, right? Like Yeah, but it's like he's, it, it is, but it's like he's sort of seeing the fakery behind it, which is brilliant, I think. Yeah. Um, and again, the, you know, the classic metaphor with cars and sex is always a classic thing. And again, you get that towards the end where he's like, you must be a limousine. <laughs> 
so it's got this weird mix of like you know him sort of seeing being reflective of the situation but then going along with it all as well and i love the towards the end you know and he's singing this and if you don't you're you're gonna drive your little red corvette right into the ground you know just smash that into the ground that thing it's just brilliant lyrics all the way through musically i think everything's been said the only thing i had was um a similar to 1999 towards the end there's a held note that holds all the way through and it's a cool note to choose because it works in each one of those four chords uh, in a different way. So yeah, it's just a brilliant pop song, a perfect arrangement, perfect delivery. Uh, it is a shame it's a little bit distorted, but you know what are you going to do? Hey, Toe Jam, you know how, I mean, you, you're the one that brought up the lyrics and, and what the song purportedly is about. I just, you just got me thinking, this is also a theme that, it's a recurring theme in Prince's yeah, and some of Prince's other music, isn't it? It's not necessarily the spiritual and the sexual, but it's the sexual and not just the purely like. It's not about just instant gratification. Talking about some hot woman or or about sex in this kind of glorifying manner. There's elements of that. Yeah, it's, it's not quite a do wrong woman. There's, he's has a lot of them. It's not quite that. It's more like a. Yeah, I just said like you know he's in this relationship but he's it's almost like he's taking a step back from it and he's seeing it from a different perspective mm. and realizing how it's just all sort of you know and even the whole idea of a corvette and limousines it's like it's sort of seeing the whole superficialness of it all yeah and really let's uh, not mince our words he's not only talking about an encounter with this woman but he's making a commentary on her life isn't he he's this is a woman that sleeps around <laughs> i mean the opposite could also be true. He could be singing about a guy, but he's not. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this, by the way. So someone save me before this review gets really awkward. Um, but <laughs> the, the the thing that I'm thinking at the moment is that this is a song that ends up being a huge hit on radio, a huge hit in Prince's career. The video is fantastic. That little move that he does with the splits and the break half breakdance yeah. type thing oh, is just rid- dance, yeah. ridiculous. It's just a big open moment in that song, isn't it? With the solos going and yeah, he yeah. just struts to the side and does this crazy little dance and <laughs> jeans too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> blue jeans. Is he wearing blue jeans? Levi's. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, we, we, it's a, this massive he's not hit. Gonna, he's not going to get in the club wearing them blue jeans. <laughs> <laughs> not with that Paco Rabin on as well. Um, <laughs> you think, you know, the movie... The, the wedding singer, like yeah. Adam Sandler's image, is just the little red Corvette. You know, <laughs> that, that's clearly what it's based off. Like. It is, but but really, it's this incredibly popular and really successful pop song that is potentially about a promiscuous oh. woman, <laughs> a promiscuous woman, which is unique. I would suggest. Might have been at the time. Now, I think so, probably yeah. pr- probably every second song's on the radio now is about Well, that. yeah, yeah, but at the time. Um, so anyway. But now they're saying it's a great thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so very, great metaphor, isn't it? I mean, his metaphors at this time were, were just on point. He couldn't put a foot wrong, could he? Okay, let's go into track number three, Delirious. Who's going to start us off this time? How about Captain? Just think about this. What would this album be like without the magical Lynn drum machine and, of course, the genius programming behind it? It just You can't even imagine it. It's, what? What the hell? But you just got me thinking, I would love to hear a version of this album with nothing but live drums. Live drums. 
like only just just to hear what it would sound like. It wouldn't be possible. <laughs> you'd, you'd need like three drummers going at the same time. <laughs> Some of the stuff that he did on that bloody Lynn, it's crazy. Anyway, this song. This is one of my favourite songs on this album. It's probably second or third. Start of this song, there's these sort of sleigh bells. They drop out in the verse, and they come back in the chorus. Yeah, have a listen to that. At 1.48, you can hear Prince do this little, uh. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> You're cracking me up because I have no idea what the what what that moment is, but it's obviously it's just quite like enjoyable. It, I think it's yeah, just I like bit, the, it's bit, just yeah. like at the end of a verse or something, and it's just like, oh. it's just, every time I hear it, I'm just like, oh yeah, <laughs> oh, there's some great stuff in this song. Lyrics, there's some great lyrics, there's some great music. Girl, you gotta take control because I just can't steer. That's a good lyric. Uh, I love some of the little background vocal parts in this song. There's a good one at 2.23, another one about 2.35. There's a super cool little solo that just flies in about 2.56. That's a good little thing. And again, if I had to pick something I didn't like about this song, it would be the actual preset sound that he used to play the lead line. It's just, it's just a bit too dorky. It's just so... <laughs> oh, every time I hear it, I'm just... Gah. I mean, at the same at the same time, it adds to the charm of the song. But he could have dialed it down just a little bit. It's just a bit too something. <laughs> but he needs to release more songs like this, or he probably did record more songs like this at the time. But he needs to release them because I want to hear them. I want a whole album just like this. Uh, I don't see him recording tracks like this now. But there's yeah, there's got to be tracks in the vault. I reckon like this. There's a few of these sort of rockabilly. There's there's got to stop messing yeah. about. There's. Yeah, there's... Ronnie talked to Russia. There's... I actually, sort of I actually made a little compilation of them, and I think there was about seven or eight. But this is... It's just under four minutes of the Rockabilly Prince. I wish there were more songs like this. Oh, and the baby. I cannot stand that damn baby at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. That's cool. <laughs> That's all I've got to Rah! say. <laughs> I just want to punch it. I hate it. <laughs> Where's my nuclear bomb again? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I've got to say about this. I just hate the baby. <laughs> all right, all right. Call um, me a baby hater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your uh, sleigh bell reference is interesting. I said, yeah, this, this sounds like Santa's sleigh at the beginning of the song. This is an interesting take on electro rock and roll. The keyboard line is memorable and gives the impression that he's going crazy, which is what the song's about. I once listened to this song while I was driving to a party I was, I was going to with my girlfriend at the time, who was talking to me about something, and all of a sudden I got this real, real immediate urge to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and basically I needed to pee. And I was listening to the 1999 album, and Literary Corvette had just finished, and this came on, and I almost exploded <laughs> of laughter. I just started pissing myself laughing throughout the entire drive before we got there because the lyrics in this song, when I was thinking about what I was going through, like I was holding it in at the time, you know, um, <laughs> it was just really, really, really funny. Oh. I, I, up to the point where, you know, girl, take, take a hold of this, uh, take a hold of the wheel because I just can't steer and, <laughs> and I'm going delirious and all this sort of stuff and... Um, we both had a really good time listening to this track in that context, but alas, um, this this is a nice vocal combination because um, 
his performance is it's kind of it's got it's kind of got that really loose rockabilly vibe. There's a bit of he's got he's got a swing to his to his uh, vocal performance, and it's it's really playful. It's really really cool. And when you combine that with the lyrics lyrics, which are I don't know, would you say throwaway, or would you say playful, or would you just say they're just kind of fun? It's really fun song to listen to, and it's short and it's short and sweet. It's actually similar in my opinion, to a lot of the early Talking Heads songs uh, of around that era. So, simple but effective drum programming. And, yeah, he does a good job of this live as well, doesn't he? So, um, player, what are your thoughts on Delirious? Delirious, to me, is the fully realised version of Jack You Off. This just sounds That's better crafted. Yeah, better produced. It's upbeat. It retains that rockabilly vibe. Um, based on a traditional three-chord, 12-bar blues pattern. Again, the interplay on this track is just crazy. Everything is where exactly where it's supposed to be. The lean drum is kicking. It's fast-paced. The bass is so simple but effective. Um, Captain's favorite baby sound at the end is supposed to be a sample. But to me, it just sounds like a stock sound laying around whatever studio he was in. It sounds like... And there's a lot of sound effects on this album. And to me, it just sounds like... He's used sounds of a sound effects record. It is a standard sample. With it's a stock sound. Com- yeah. Sample compilation, yeah. But anyway, this is another Prince classic. I think, I mean, you think about it, it's, you know, the f- this album, on the one album, the first three tracks are just classics or Prince staples. It's pretty nuts. All right. Uh, Toe Jam, what are your thoughts? Uh, I agree again with everyone. Uh, it's a very fun song. It's, it's the uh, deliberate, well, there's comedy in, in almost all of the songs, but this is like the sort of deliberately funny song. The lyrics are hilarious, and the the vocal performance I think is the standout of the song. Like they're just real bluesy lines, like what he's singing. Uh, just the squeaky hooks that come in and out. There's the main one, and then there's another one towards the end at three ten, I think. That's just a real jazzy line. That's cool, and I love that when they do that live. How like the whole band plays that line, and he's only doing some crazy dance over the top of it. You got three verses, like it's there's, there's quite a few verses in this. Um, it's not just a standard verse, chorus, verse, chorus. You got a breakdown at two fifty, and, and everything just sort of softens up a bit. Again, we got the the lyrics. You know, he's going to explode. He's got a lot. Uh, he can't can't steer because he's got no brakes. Like it's, it's hilarious. You know, he, <laughs> the sexual innuendo. Yeah, exactly. It's like let's t- turn it up to the max. And again, he's got that car thing going. You know, the steering and the brakes and everything. Yeah, I haven't got much more to say about it. It's just a real fun song. And I think it's a great piece of editing as well, because I understand that there's quite a longer version of this, and given the amount of songs on this album that are like plus five minutes, plus six minutes, I think to have another one like that, if you're going to cut one of them down, I think this is probably the one to cut down. Um, So it's actually probably a good piece of editing. It only goes for, what, three minutes and something? Four minutes, maybe? I I love the the cover art for the single of this. It's kind of... It's strange because he's just standing there, and then in a room, you know, with some um, with a smoke machine, obviously switched on to to low. Oh no, no, uh, that just followed him wherever he went. Just, that <laughs> was just his aura. It's his bo. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> what did you say? His bo. It's his bo. <laughs> just follows him. Bbo. Um, for the Seinfeld fans, um, the thing that I really found found quite. Uh, it's a simple motif, but he's got this. He's got two windows, and one of them in the same room. On, on one of them, he's got clouds, and obviously it's daytime. And then in the other one, he's got 
you know, it's nighttime outside, and he's oh yeah yeah got a got an image of the moon there. There's and a I, moon outside. Yeah, I always think with Prince, he never nothing is ever just surface based with him. You know, Toe Jam often talks about how musically. Prince always takes the slightly different path, the, the road less traveled. He always does something a little bit different to what you'd expect, and it's subtle, but when it, when it hits you as a listener, it has a massive impact. Lyrically, he does the same sort of things. He just plays with language, or he plays with themes, he plays with concepts, and, he, and um, it's, it's a great effect. And I think visually he does as well. He obviously does from a fashion point of view, from a... From a the, the way he uses color, the way he dresses, obviously, but the way he presents his stage shows and and the you know the you know what's on stage, what does everything represent? You know he can have a really bare bones stage, but he'll have a heart shaped mirror in the corner or a, or some sort of weird stage prop that kind of you know puts you into a it creates a different experience for someone at a, at a show, but it also puts you into another world almost you know into that purple universe um, and. This artwork, for anyone that, that isn't familiar with it, just Google it. Go to Delirious Single and you'll see what the vinyl looks like. Um, Jeez, we're still on the artwork. Yeah, we are. I don't know why. You can cut all this out. It's not even, it's not even that interesting. But, but no, it just it got me thinking. He, it's, nothing's, nothing's throwaway with this guy. Even, even when he was, you know, early on in his well, career. Well, back then. Back then, well, <laughs> that's true. So back, but he, he was really putting a lot of thought, a lot of effort, and everything means something. You know, and I'm sure fans overdo it sometimes, and commentators and reviewers, say, you know, they, they look into things too far. But I just think it's brilliant that an artist puts so much thought uh, into, into, his, into his art, really. Um, so anyway, that's Delirious, the song. Uh, and with that, we go into track number four, Let's Pretend We're Married. Let's What a title. I'll just say that. It's audacious to say the least. The, f- the first three songs were classic, but it's really four Yeah. at this point. Is it? I don't know. I think it goes beyond four, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, well I was, was going to say that after the next one as well. All right. All right. This, could, really get inter- this could get interesting. I don't know that I agree with you guys. Captain, I mean, you say this is classic. Tell us why. This is my favorite song on this album. Oh no! Yeah. It is not the best musically, lyrically. 1999, Little Red Corvette. You're not going to beat those for that. But my personal favourite song on this album is "Let's Pretend We're Married." Classic Lindrum starts again. Long intro, and you got this clap sound. Sometimes it's clean, and then other times it's got this massive reverb on it, and you just know something's going to go off soon. And then come into synths. And finally, you get vocals 52 seconds in. This is just a great song. In the verses, you've got this vocal melody, which is doubled with these light little synths as well. And I love the synth horns in the bridge at 118. And this lyric, if you ain't busy for the next seven years, that is just a great line. I just have that going around in my head sometimes. It's just a good thing. Another lyric, all the hippies sing together. Oh, that's a good one. At 218, there's these three panting breaths which i never heard until today literally <laughs> two hours ago the three panting breath syndrome listen it's about 218 to 219 it's ah oh, it's so simple but it's great stuff 
Uh, you can't forget there's that big slurp at 2.45. Where will we be without that? Um, and then you've got this kiss and the grunt at 3.32. That's a good one. Gee, are you talking <laughs> about a piece of music here? or? A... Oh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. There's, there's, a, there's a great hour at 3.43. And as soon as this song starts, I'm just waiting for it to get to that part. Oh, there's so many good things. Um, I love that there's this little downward synth stab at 4.20, and that starts off what I think is the best part of this song. There isn't a guitar or a synth solo in this song. We just get basically 75 seconds of instrumental part, so you can just sit there and listen to how bloody great this track is. Yeah, that, that section, I think you said the word before, but like that section to me is just like, this is just a machine just running like perfectly smooth. Mm. He could have easily put a solo in there, but he just left it yeah. nothing. And it's excellent. Cool. It is, yeah. And then the vocals come back in after that break, and off you go. There's another super cool little synth sound at about 6.02. Dun, 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 dun. This is weird little scary thing. Someone else can talk about lyrics. But one thing I'll say about the lyrics, is this one of his filthiest songs, like lyric-wise, ever? It's up there. It's up, <laughs> it's there. up there. I mean, he, he drops the, the F-bomb many, many times. But there's one question I've got to ask. It sounds to me like he says... Fuck you, Martian. <laughs> Martian as in an alien. Yeah, and I hear that. The, all, all, I hear the that lyrics, all the lyrics I've found say Marsha as in a female girl name. But Marsha, it just Marsha, doesn't Marsha. sound right to me. It sounds like Martian. I hear Martian. When did, it, when did E.T. come out? <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> I know about that whole lyric. spin on the song. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, there's, so many, there's so many good things in this song. There's this line, and he says something, something. And if she did, I wouldn't care. And just the way he sings that line, it's just so comical to me. I love the outro too. With the there's two absolute great lyrics near the end of this song, which just sum up Prince perfectly. I think one of them is "I change the rules to do what I want to do," and the other one is if "You think I'm crazy? You're probably right, but I'm gonna have fun every motherfucking night." And that is just the best lyric <laughs> because that's 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 him. That's that's what he does. That's what he was. That's what he was. <laughs> And occasionally now, but now it's just every every night. Another great part in this song is that chord change. It's not even a chord, it's just a note. I don't think there's even chords in this song. It's just, but it, it goes from one note to another note, and oh, it's just great. Is that when it hits the five chord? Like, when it goes to that, I'm just trying to think. ooh, little darling, if you're free for a couple of hours, that, that one. No, no, uh, in the verse where it changes. Yeah. It just say if it was in a C, it goes to like a uh, E flat, yeah, or something. Yeah. It's it's just not where you'd expect it to go, and it goes yeah, there. Yeah, like, oh, here we go. I had that in mind. Like it's basically a blues, but it's replacing the four with a minor third. So it has like it's just a darker blues. Like and then but then it hits that big five chord. Ooh, little darling, if you're free for a couple of hours, it's just like it's dark song, man. It's dark. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's dark and great. Yeah, it is. <laughs> The it's Dark and Great dark podcast. And <laughs> <laughs> Player, what are your thoughts on this song? Oh, yeah. This is where the straight-up nastiness kicks in. The beat is fast and the snare has a slight delay on each hit. And then when the synth and the bass kicks in, it really starts to throb. And you've got that bass doing that double time, doing the eighth notes. Again, it's simple, but it conveys so much energy. The synths are <clears throat> futuristic and sexy. I really like Prince's vocal, the descending notes in the verses, matching the bell sounds. He sounds bored or trying to be sexy, but it works, you know, it's cool. 
the opening line, excuse me, but I need a mouth like yours. I mean, come on, man. I'm I'm hooked straight <laughs> What's away. That song? Yeah. <laughs> I'm hooked straight away when when it starts, you know. He's just taking it to a whole new level with this album. I really like this song, you know, it, it brings you know, bring this back in the sampler set and I like the way he finishes. <laughs> oh the song. yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> Like even if he just if you, even if he just plays that musical section that you're talking about that musical break, oh, you know, yeah. he doesn't even have to sing the lyrics, but just the music. And I like the way he finishes the song with the spoken word piece because once the music drops out, he slows his voice down, and that's the perfect segue to the next track. Which going from the fast pace of this to the laid back funk of DMSR, it might have come off as a bit too slow as the following song, but he manages to bridge the two in the span of five mm-hmm. seconds by just dropping out the music. And slowing down the spoken word delivery. I mean, it's stroke of genius. Ooh, shasha cuckoo, yeah. Awesome track. Oh, no. <laughs> Come on, MC, tell us how rubbish this song is. Uh, I, I won't say that. I want to give it to Toe Jam first, but I, I, I just, I, I, I'll, <laughs> I'll say this. Ooh, shasha cuckoo, yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> Toe Jam, what are your thoughts on this? This is the sleeper song on the album. Like I love every song on this album, but this is what? this is kind of like the sleeper. No, I, I, no, sleeper isn't a good one. I, I'm I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I mean, it's the kind of it's. Uh, yeah, I thought you meant you slept, you sleep on it. Oh no no no! Um, it's it's <laughs> the dark. You know, it's the mid mid album song that's just that can be overlooked, but is an unbelievable song. Like I was keep saying, it's dark, and and the reason for that is it's almost like a wolf in sheep's clothing. The whole song, he's like this, you know sexual animal who's who wants to do things but it's all pretty you know the melody's all da 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 da, da and it's just like oh you're you're a tricky little bastard he's a, he's a tricky <laughs> trying, one you know, he's trying to he's trying to croon he's trying to make it all sound sweet but you've got this pulsing da, 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 underneath it <laughs> so yeah i love that extended intro with the drums just running out and the bass just and as as play was saying you get I think there's like two bases, a probably an electric bass and a synth bass, but one of them's going and the other one's going dun, 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 dun. just together. They're yeah. just intense. And you get that vibraphone, you know, playing over the top or, or some sort of bells or something singing. Yeah. Just, I just hear that. I've written the word bullshit. And I'm, what I mean by that is he, he's just bullshitting. Like he's, he really just wants to, to F the taste, you know, uh, but he's trying to make it sweet. <laughs> Um, and like like I said, it, it's basically a blues, but replaces the four chord with a minor third, so it makes it darker. And then it hits that big five chord with those big synth horn swells. Big um, stabs, but yeah. Then I love that, that. Those are the best bits of the song. Yeah. I love that post-chorus, that ubi sha sha cuckoo yeah, and then all the hippies sing together. It's like this master puppeteer who's puppeteering everything, and he looks over and, you know, he gets all the crowd, all, all your hippies sing along, you know? It's just brilliant. Oh, no, I can't believe all three of you are agreeing oh. on this. <laughs> Verse Martian, Martian, Martian. In verse two, like you get Prince singing this sweet little melody again, but he's got these doubled vocals underneath them, singing these low notes. So it sort of feels like he, you know, he's starting to get a bit out of control. Uh, you've got a breakdown at three minutes, and from here on in, again, you start getting these weird synth sounds going, and you get this like harpsichord thing going, and again, it's like this this whole sort of snowballing obsession, sort of getting out of control. And, you know, he's singing the, the real filthy lyrics by this stage and, you know, can you relate? And I like, as player saying, the way he slows down the vocal at the end. But I've always found the, the chant at the end a bit of a cop-out because it's like he's just sung this real dark and 
obsessive song, but then he finishes it with like, "Oh, I'm in love with God. It's the only way." And it's like, "Oh, come on, you're just yeah." It's just not, it, it seems like, "Oh, so this makes it all right, does it, Prince?" You know, it's just, I just see this whole song as like a a wolf in sheep's clothing. You know, that's the best way to describe. I thought you'd have something to say about that line. Yeah, but it's it's just the way it comes across. It's like you know, you've just had all talked about all this sexual lust and oppression and. And now it's like, oh, but I'm in love with God. It's like, you know, again, it's just, ah, oh, it's just, just something. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. But that's Prince in a nutshell, really, when you think about it. Yeah. So oh, I love this song. It's great. Okay, so that's three of us who think it's bloody great. Now here, here comes MC and tell us why it's not. <laughs> well, I would say that this is uh, probably along with a song that we're going to review way, way towards the end of this album, the most skippable and. Really, it doesn't do for me. It doesn't do much for me at all. I mean, there are elements that I like, but I think you guys are getting sucked into this song mainly because of the tempo of the song and the kind of the propensity of the beat. It's really pretty stock standard drum programming by him. I mean, no, nothing great there in, co- in comparison to some of the amazing dr- Lin drum programming on this song, I think. It gets way too long. Compare this to Delirious or to Something in the Water, or songs of that nature, and this one goes for like over seven minutes. You've got to be kidding me. Uh, it, it doesn't really go anywhere past the three-minute mark. You know, three or four minutes into it, it's a wrap, but he just keeps, keeps killing the beat. And that's, that, that's cool if that's your thing, but it's definitely not my thing. And the, look, the lyrics, I actually think they're great in the sense that they're just off the cuff, Prince being, you know, the, the rude boy of, of the early 80s and, uh, and all that kind of stuff is, is funny to listen to, but really a bit throwaway. Whereas the metaphors and his pop writing ability from Delirious and uh, Little Red Corvette, where those songs exemplify how good of a songwriter he, he is, here it just kind of highlights how crass of a songwriter he could be as well. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, he, he's showing he can do it all. <laughs> he's the genius from Minneapolis. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... I can do class and I can do crass. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Yeah, look, the one-note bass is just too repetitive for me. The synth stabs are really Electro 80s and, you know, might as well have been back to the world or something. The vocal line and keys in the background are quite interesting, though. And the thing that gets this song over the line, I think, for me... uh, Look, I'm not saying this is a bad track by any means, but I just can't really agree with the praise that you guys are giving it. The the positives are it uses attitude at every turn. The song is all about sex, sex, and more sex. He's one horny mofo at this stage. But, you know, the thing that really ruins it for me is... Just as he's getting hot and heavy, and just as his song is becoming purely about sex, he throws in ooey, shasha, cuckoo, yeah, yeah, all the hippies sing together. And that ruins it completely. <laughs> I've spoken about this before, but there are some songs. There are, you know, Captain's got his pet pet peeves, Toe Jam does, Player does, and this, this is my pet peeve with this song. I think it's a joke. The hippies are the joke. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You just don't understand what's going I must, on here. I must not understand. <laughs> it's beyond me. I think it's terrible. It's corny. Um, I obviously don't understand it, but that's beside the point. It's the hippies just... get a bit of a bashing in this album, don't they? Yeah. Take a bath, hippies. <laughs> yeah. They do. <laughs> it's just strange. It's just strange. WTF. One of the nastiest songs he's ever done, though. That's the flip side. It is filth. 
Yeah, it is. It's filth personified, and it's it's. I love it's it. Relentless filth. Yeah, I guess from that point of view, if I'm in one of those moods, I'll put it on and I'll go, yeah, God, look at look at him go. You know, li- listen to the guy. <laughs> but I really have to be in a specific mood, and nine times out of ten, I'm not in that mood. I don't want to listen to this sort of song. You said so- this, and maybe another one's most skippable. I put on this album and go straight to track four. It's the first song I listen to. It doesn't surprise me at all. And then I'll go back to 99. (laughs) It doesn't surprise me in the slightest. (laughs) Actually, go and listen to this album, start at track four, go to the end, and then 99 and Literary Corvette as the last two tracks. It's great. It's interesting. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Interesting might be the word. This song is a good start to the album. I don't know. The, the classic elements of this are the ones that I always think of whenever I think of this song. There's that one part where he says, um, come on, baby, let's. And then the way that the word ball is delivered is just brilliant. It, I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, who, who does that? It's such <laughs> a small part of the song, but it's really difficult to describe. Do you guys get my drift? I mean, I'm sure everyone knows the moment that I'm talking about. Yeah. This is strange. It, it's it's actually creative because he could have just left it as an as an ordinary delivery and he doesn't. He kind of splits it in three into three or four different parts and it's awesome. And I'll just say that the breakdown in the song is kind of eerie, odd. It's weird because the tempo never lets up, but then the breakdown it gives it this impression that the song's slowing down even though in, in reality it isn't. Um I don't know. <laughs> Not one of my favorites. Let me put it that way. Oh my god, unbelievable. That's- that's it. Oh, actually, I will say, I will say that this song sounds much, much better when performed as part of a medley, like for example, and, and in a live context. I'm thinking of live at Syracuse, 1985, where I think it's during this song where he kicks the the, the stool behind him, and he's playing. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, that's obviously pure brilliance. But as a studio track, I don't know. I just does he play this at that Syracuse show? I can't kind of remember. I'm sure he does. The, yeah, yeah, I haven't piano. seen it in so long. Uh, bluesy. In the piano, because I remember, yeah. I remember Delirious. Mm. Does it? Yeah, it's only yeah, pretty I'm, short from memory, though. It's not like the yeah. full thing. Yeah, it is, and it's a lot better, in my opinion. But hey, that's just one voice. <laughs> Look, with that, let's go into track number five, the song that was emitted on the initial CD release Crime! of this album. <laughs> it is, of course, DMSR, which stands for. Let's give it to a player to start us off. This is Funk Groove Central. Again, where does the skip track come in on this album? I don't know. It's just one classic after another. Where to start with this? This is Minneapolis Funk. Uh, You've got every element in there. Lindrum, synth stabs, deep rolling bass, chicken grease guitar. You name it, this track's got it. It continues the party theme of the title track. I really like the vocal effect with the echo on the voice. Sounds doubled with a slight delay. It just makes it so much more interesting to listen to, just a small little thing like that. I also like how he counts out the beat for all the white people to clap on the floor. That's pretty funny. (laughs) Just another feel-good funk anthem that will never date. It's just, you put this on and and the funk's on. You you heard this live, right? uh, Back in 2012? Yeah, yeah, I've heard all of them. All I thought of I thought it went off. Didn't they start one of the shows? Yes. I think so, yeah, yeah. Second Sydney show. I think show. it was the second, second show. Yes. Yeah. Oh, what a show that was, too. Yeah, yeah, that was great. That brings back really good memories. He must think this is a pretty good song if he's going to open a concert with it. 
He knows. <laughs> it was the musicology tours when he started playing it like regularly and consistently. Mm. Yeah. And those those versions went off. Like off, yeah, they did, yeah. It was like the centerpiece of the that whole tour. Yeah. yeah. Alright. Uh Toja, you digging this track? Like Player said, it's like by this stage of the album, it's like, you know, what we'll be up to tr- track five and it's I am not even close to pressing the skip button. It's just five for five so far. Five for five. Bingo. I haven't got a whole lot to say about this because it's basically just a big funk jam. Very reminiscent of uh, Knee Deep, the um, George Clinton track with that funky little oh, synth yeah. line. And I love all the, there's like two or three of these lines. It's the, the turnaround line. And then it's got the and just classic synth lines all the way through. So many of them. Uh, like Play was saying, it's got that sort of slapback delay on the on the vocal, but it's also on the claps as well. And I think that really gives it like a stadium feel. And I think we were talking about the 99 song, how it has that big party section at the end. I think this element as well is really trying to ramp the album up to say, hey, look, you know, we, we're taking this to the stadiums. Mm, get ready. So it, it, yeah, it's almost like a subconscious Start saving up thing. your pocket money. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like a subconscious thing. It's like that's what you expect to hear at a Prince concert, this big, massive sound. Funky guitar, that guitar all the way through, is just just listen to that. Chicken scratchy and wah stuff, it's, it's good. And Prince is just directing the whole thing, you know, like the player was saying, he counts people in and he, you know, clap your hands now, and then this big brown. I love the, the white people bit where he says, you know, one, two, three, and then clap. But then he, he mucks around with them because it goes, one, two, three, clap, and then it goes, one, two, and then the synth goes, bah, bah, and it, like, throws everyone off. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. It's cool. What a yeah, prank we, that's, we He just loses us all there. Yeah. We can't follow that. <laughs> uh, the bass line's just, like, you know, slap central. I hear it now, and I just think of Rhonda Smith just slapping the bass on the musicology tour. Awesome stuff. Yeah. 3.13, you've got, a, like, a guitar breakdown, which is, I don't know, maybe three or four funk guitars left and right going crazy bass comes back in it all builds up and you've got a whole lot of comical elements in it you know again directing everyone so it's let me hear you scream and the big call and response at 508 chant at 603 you've got a bit of a breakdown which which goes to the toms and there's this really really weird bit where it's it's almost like the song goes into like a little corner and this jamie stars a thief bit comes up time to face your clock and you're just like what the hell's going on here it's like a little <laughs> hidden section in the song and again, it's all about, again, talking about this, getting this stadium thing going. You know, he talks about the white people. He talks about the Negroes. And he talks about the Puerto Ricans and, and the Japanese. And, you know, he's, he's a bit racist there, too. He's like, the Japanese. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and, yeah. and I love the way the song ends, too. You know, just, to, it, again, it's like this wolf in sheep's clothing thing where it's like, you know, Prince is directing everything and he's in control and everything's good. But then it's like, someone call the police, you know. Yeah. Cool way to finish the song. Yeah, it's just a big funk jam. It's just classic print stuff it is a classic party song isn't it i mean this is probably one of the best examples i can think of the tempo is just dead on it you know that's just dead funk tempo black album reference i've mentioned uh 2012 we were all there the 2012 sydney tour this went off it's surprising that he didn't play it more throughout his career um toe jam you would have seen this in 2004 as well right yeah and it went off so, I mean, just a great, great track. The bass is nasty. Yes, Rhonda kills it every time. I think she's probably my favorite bass player on this uh, out of Prince's band. Uh, the guitar is crisp and clean. It's uber funky as well. The beat is really tight too. The difference between this and a song like Let's Pretend We're Married is that 
Prince is throwing out off-the-cuff lyrics. He's having a good time. It's about partying. Um, and it's still there's still some sexual references in here as well, obviously in the title. But this is done really, really well, in my opinion, as a contrast to, to Let's Pretend We're Married, where it was kind of just... I don't know. I feel like this is better crafted. But I do agree with you, Tojam. It is just a jam. Like, it sounds terrible when I say it that way because it's such a funky song, one of the funkiest he's ever come up with. And really, the title, Dance, Music, Sex, Romance, is a description of Prince, the artist, in a nutshell as well, isn't it? It's about moving, it's about having fun, it's about the music he makes. There's, you know, Sex has always been a part of his music, and, and romance is maybe the more spiritual element of his work. The keyboard work and, and the kind of pitch altering that he does is really hyper-funky. Background vocals make you feel like it's a club jam and, and that you're, you know, you're inside the club and probably inside Paisley Park and just really feeling the groove. I don't want to be a poet classic. Because <laughs> I don't want to blow it. <laughs> I don't want to blow it. it, it it's, it's great. <laughs> uh, yes, we, we know why you don't want to be a poet now. <laughs> and look, maybe a little bit long. Again, just like track number four, I think these two tracks no. could have been edited a little better. No. This could and have gone I, on for 20 minutes. <laughs> I just think it's probably a little bit long. It's a great live track. It's a great studio track. And it, it's one of those great headphone listens as well. I'll add to that. Yeah, so those are my thoughts. Uh, Captain, what are your thoughts on the song DMSR? This song, like we said before, omitted from the original CD pressing is a crime. That's a crime. Somebody should have been arrested. There's at least two other tracks you could have taken off instead of this one. But anyway, this is a funky track. Everyone said everything, so I'll say it all again. It's got drums, it's got bass, it's got synths, it's got guitars, it's it's more than eight minutes long. It's very good. There's this very faint, like a like a Rhodes organ thing. Yes. With a, with a bit of wah-wah. How cool is it's, that sound? It's very low in the mix, but it adds to the funk, and you can really only hear it in about the first 30 seconds, really, before the song gets too busy with all the other stuff. But listen to that. That's some good stuff. Yeah, that's such some a cool funky sound. Stuff. It's like a ghosty sort of sound, isn't it? Yeah, it's just it's so far back. You can just hear it in headphones. Oh, but it, it, it adds to, to the funk. It's good stuff. It's almost the same sound from joint to joint. He has that same, same sort of sound in the beginning of that song. Ah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the lyrics in this song, when he did it live and he brought it back in 2004, he changed the lyrics from... Well, you wear lingerie to a restaurant, and he changed the lyrics to getting busy in the middle of a restaurant, which to me is actually way more suggestive than the original line. <laughs> so I don't understand that at all. I don't know. Who knows how his brain works? I don't he didn't know. want to be a poet. Uh, <laughs> that just didn't make any sense to me. Tajem already said there's a great little synth bend down at 2.16, uh, again at 4.08, and you got that chicken grease guitar kicks in 2.49, and that goes into the, the big funky guitar breakdown at about 3.12. There is this, there's this cool background synths come in about 3.37 till about 4.02. And they're just doing all this cool little funky stuff in the background. Listen to that in, in your headphones. That's some good stuff. Uh, and until last week, when I was really started listening to this, I never noticed there's background vocals singing actually the letters DMSR at about 5.50. I never noticed that. You, you hear them, along with the bass. You hear them singing dance music, sex, romance, but they're also saying DMSR, yeah. which I never noticed. That's cool. And I love the yeah, Toe Gem set as well. you got the, the Lindrum solo. It's playing the rhythm 
of the synth line, but then the actual synth comes in and plays along with it. That's just cool. And then we've got the big clue. Jamie stars the thief. It's time to fix your clock. Vanity 6 is so sweet. He's just admitting that he wrote all of the time stuff and Vanity 6 if you were there to realize what that meant at the time, which is, I think, a very cool thing to put in a track. When I heard that and then I found out, you know, he did all this other stuff, I'm like, oh, but he said it. He said it right there. Why didn't people know? <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's good. There's this line in this song, now you can all take a bite of my purple rock. That, can we stop? What a line. What a lyric that is. And then you get to the end of the song. The ending's really good. I've, I've never got the ending with this woman. Help me, somebody, please help. That's disturbing. <laughs> That's disturbing, but the, the way he um, does his vocal is really cool. Mm. Is that Lisa? His, probably. There's a whole bunch of stuff on this album, and mostly on this album, which is the window straight into his perverse brain and what is going on in there. There is some scary stuff going on. Look at the, the full video for Automatic for a start. We'll get to that. But there is some scary stuff going on. Anyway, it, it's, it's a great song. Great, 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 great. Not my favorite, but it's a great track. This is a great song to, like, uh, if people say, hey, Toe Jam, play me a funky Prince song. This is the song mm. I'll choose because it's, like, got all the Prince elements. It's comical. Mm. It's not too serious. And it's just funky as hell. So if you're looking for some a song to show someone why Prince is awesome, play on this one. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> you know, the other interesting thing is that the tempo's fairly moderate, isn't it? All those classic funk tracks are. That's rem- slow, they're slow funk. They're, they're not fast. Yeah. The, the slower they are, the more... Guttural. The, the, yeah, dirty, the, gutter dirtier, funk. the dirtier they can get. Gut bucket funk. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me a lot of... Uh, I can't believe I never thought of this before, but the Ohio Players... Yeah. Just that groove, that kind of slow, funky, slimy, greasy groove that they mm. put together. And yeah, this is this is one of those, isn't it? But again, Prince does it differently because it's not a just a drummer behind a kit, it's drum machine. <laughs> and that adds a different element to it. And synths, obviously. Again, pure Minneapolis, so it's funk, but it's still Minneapolis funk. And it's in a cool key for this sort of thing as well, C sharp. It's on the bass, you can get all the way down to that low E minor third. Mm. Hmm. Or you could just tune down to C sharp. Well, that'd be going. If that'd be really getting a bit extreme. It. I've, I've done it. I've done it. It's good stuff. <laughs> You've gone that far. <laughs> I have. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 